Welcome to the podcast. This episode originally aired as a video on my YouTube channel, Bio Soul Integration. There, my goal is to help you integrate body and soul, to help you feel completely, express fully, and live authentically. I'm your host, Dr. Jay Eaker. Let's get into it. And our guest speaker today is Dr. Jay Eaker. Uh, Dr. Jay lives in Louisville. We are not in Kentucky. It is Louisville. I'm a native. I should know that. Uh, and he's had a private healing practice for the last 20 years. He's a husband, a father, a healer, an author, and uh, recently a dog owner. Yay! I think that's going to be your biggest, most popular calling card uh-huh. there, Jay. Uh, with his personal and passionate message about celebrating the spiritual side of fathering in life, please help me welcome Dr. Jay Eaker. Thanks, Rick. Thanks so much. All right. Happy Father's Day to everyone. As he said, as Rick said, I'm uh, Dr. Jay Eaker. I have been a chiropractor and a healer for almost 20 years now in Louisville, close to Boulder there. And the focus of my work is to help people embody their soul's gifts and their soul's essence so they can share those gifts on the planet. Um, The realization that I feel like I've had doing this work all these years and the realization that I'd like my clients to have is that, you know, life is not messing with us, that Life is holding us, that um, life has our best interest at heart, and all of the things that we encounter in life are designed to get us to feel more and to think differently and to behave differently, feel and think and behave in a way that's more in alignment with our authentic self, our authentic self being a version of ourselves in which our soul, uh, soul's essence and our soul's gifts are embodied and I'm getting a, where's my sound guy? I'm getting a, oh, maybe I just need to speak louder. Hey, Jason, is there any way you could turn me up a little bit? No, I gotta speak louder. Oh, I could do that, yeah. Just put it closer, oh. <laughs> oh, there we go. Nice, okay, thank you. Uh, your authentic self is uh, a way, a version of yourself in which your soul's gifts and your soul's essence are embodied such that you can share those gifts um, through this physical body onto this physical plane, express those gifts through this physical body onto this physical plane and accomplish the thing that it is that you came here to do with your unique gifts. There's something that you came here to do uh, so that you can accomplish that. So I'll be talking a little bit from, uh, there's no nothing in life like relationships to sort of... Uh, challenge you in that way that life uses to challenge you to think and feel and behave in alignment with your authentic self and especially you know kids your kids your relationship with your kids and so i'll be speaking about that from as a father uh my wife lauren and my daughter oriah oriah uh she uh her name is she's named after the constellation orion 
She's seven years old. Uh, they're not here right now. Uh, my daughter, if you know that there's something that's going to be happening that she's not going to like, uh, you have to tell her about that ahead of time or it's not good. So uh, I said, Araya, I'm going to be speaking at the spiritual center. And, um, you know, it's about Father's Day, so I might be talking about us and about you a little bit. Uh, we'll get a treat afterwards, all right? Great. Uh, but before I was even finished, she was shaking her head and said, you know, Dad, you know that's not going to work for me. She, yeah, she gets her communication skills from her mother. Uh, Dad, that's, that's not going to work for me. Uh, all those people, I'll be embarrassed. Like, no way. So... They're not here, but uh, um, I've been married for going on eight years now with my wife, Lauren, and uh, knew her for a few years before that. Prior to getting married, we were both ambivalent about having children, uh, but after we got married, something happened. My wife turned on a dime, and she was suddenly adamant that we, that we needed to have children. And, you know, she was like, Jay, we got to talk about this. And I'm like, yo, totally, we're going to talk about this, but i got to get to work, you know. Um, uh, you know, oh, it's pretty late. Uh, sure, we'll talk about it uh, tomorrow, tomorrow. Um, kind of makes me think of this uh, meme that I saw on Facebook uh, where a woman is apparently telling her husband again, you know, asking him again to do something, and he says, honey, uh, if you, if I tell you I'll do something, I'll do it. You don't have to keep reminding me every six months. <laughs> so I was kind of happy to sort of curl up in my little blank, cozy little blanket of ambivalence and, um, and stay curled up there. But my wife, as she does, sort of shocked me out of that. She got tough and for my own good and, you know, gave me an ultimatum. She says, you know, Jay, it's the it's a baby or the relationship, and uh, you know I think she was serious. She probably was serious, uh, and so I was like, well, I got to look at this, you know. And and when I started looking at it, I could see that what was behind my ambivalence was really fear. I was really I was really scared about having children. That makes me emotional all of a sudden there. Um, as a control freak, you know, someone who's like trying to like keep their life, you know, in this limited little container of parameters, you know, like the thought of having a kid just like blows that all to hell, pardon my language. Um, and uh, for a control freak, that's just, that's scary stuff. You know, I mean, I don't know how many of you know this, but if you say yes to having children, literally, literally anything can happen, right? And uh, for a control freak, that's hard. But I realized that, you know, life, I was getting the idea, I was starting to grasp this idea that life is not screwing with me, that life is holding me, that, that I can't mess it up, that uh, there's probably some good things in this. Life seems to kind of be nudging me in this direction, so there's probably some good things in this. So I said yes. To having, to being a father. 
Uh, and as soon as I did, there were some good, you know, some really cool things that started to happen. Um, we fortunately got pregnant pretty quickly. Uh, I don't know if you've heard of pregnancy brain. Anyone heard of pregnancy brain? Okay, there's some women going, uh huh, uh huh. I guess pregnancy brain, like, I don't know if it's the hormones or what it is, but, uh, they, they might get a little, women say they get a little spacey. But I have some form of pregnancy brain myself, it turns out. Uh, pregnancy consciousness, I don't know, but I felt how I had sort of like stepped into this whole river of life. And I could feel, I had this direct experience, but I could feel how life was sort of like, uh, building out all of the possibilities that were possible now because I had stepped into that river and I could feel how, I don't know, I had sort of like completed some circuit from the past, you know, like all of the people who've had kids in the past and then my lineage specifically, like I'd stepped into something to sort of complete some sort of circuit. And the way that that showed up with me was that like as a worrier, you know, uh, Worry starts to happen in your body, and, uh, then the thoughts start to squirt in your head. All the things to worry about and be afraid about, or, uh, you know, resentment, anger and resentment from the past. Maybe something triggers me, and anger starts to happen, and I want to, like, you know, like defend myself against something that's not really real. But, uh, those things would start to happen, and, and they would sort of like, it would just like sort of peter out. You know, like it would build up in the thoughts and the emotion and it would just sort of peter out and leave me kind of in this like happy, uh, euphoric place. Um, so that was pretty cool. Like I couldn't, I couldn't get, I couldn't worry. I couldn't get defensive, uh, for a while. Oh, I should mention my wife. She was really, speaking of pregnancy brain, she was really like stoned on being pregnant. It was awesome. Like for nine months I could do absolutely no wrong. It was one of the best nine months of my life. Um, <laughs> yeah. So then my daughter was born. Uh, a friend of ours said, you know, look, get ready for big love. And I was like, big love, okay, whatever. Um, well, my daughter was born. And uh, when I saw her, yeah, it was like my heart just exploded open. Uh, my capacity for loving someone and especially someone, people outside of me, uh, you know, as a self-centered person, people outside of me unconditionally, like my uh, capacity to do that, to love someone outside of myself unconditionally, just expanded by a hundredfold and just my ability to love in general, uh, love my wife, love myself, love the parts of my, you know, my kid, my younger kid parts who'd maybe been hurt at some point. So it was a really um, healing experience, you know. And um, so we were really in this really expanded place, you know. But expansion is not the whole, expansion is not the whole story. Uh, a teacher of mine, Shinzen Young, he says that the basic unit of creation is a simultaneous expansion and contraction. The sort of like atom of reality, I don't know, is a base, is a simultaneous expansion and contraction. And we can sort of see that in life. There's all these dichotomies. There's male and female. There's, the, you know, they're trying to sort of like reconcile themselves. There's male and female. There's Democrats and Republicans. The whole digital world 
uh, of which has become a pretty, pretty big part of our lives, is built on this sort of binary language of some combination of on and off, or ones and zeros. The whole thing is built on that. Uh, so we can see that in our, in our lives, and we can experience it in our, as we go through life, the growth, you know, life is always nudging us towards our evolution, and so that evolution is always for us some combination of, uh, I feel like I got louder there, thanks Jason, uh, some combination of making it happen or letting it happen, you know. Um, and Shinzen Young, this teacher of mine, he describes it, we're like embedded in the fabric of life. We're embedded in the fabric of the universe and it's sort of doing this expansion contraction thing and consequently we are subject to that. And uh, so it's like the universe is kind of like needing us, you know, it's like expanding us and then contracting, making us look closer at things and expanding us and making us look more closely to get more detail. That's where wisdom comes from, like populating what we see with greater resolution including more and then getting more higher resolution, you know, more detail. Uh, and he calls this the massage of the universe. And, you know, sometimes it's like the massage is like uh, this sort of integrative, yummy, uh, gentle, breathing deep type of massage. And sometimes the massage is like this huge Russian woman named Holga who like wants to like beat up on you a little bit, you know, like she's doing it for your own good. But it hurts a little bit. Um, so, I guess on the hero's journey there was a time when we had to experience the more, you know, Holga type of <laughs> massage. Um, my daughter was a year and a half old and I was giving her a bath and I just noticed there was this um, asymmetry, this bulge on the right side of her ribs, and with my chiropractic, I mean it was barely perceptible, with my chiropractic eyes I could see this sort of uh, asymmetry, and you know, by the next day we couldn't even see it, and I was doubting whether that was there or not, but we took her to the doctor, and they couldn't see anything, but they said, the doctor said, parents see things, so you should take her and get her uh, looked at. Uh, by see things, he meant, you know, parents tap into things that are uh, there that necessarily can't be seen and we took her to get her uh, evaluated and they did an ultrasound of her body and uh, it was the news was a nightmare. Um, she had cancer. There was a four inch tumor in her right kidney. And they call that a small tumor but it was a four inch tumor that had subsumed her kidney and uh, as you can imagine the you just the uh, the force of the emotion that I felt, sorrow. Like looking back, I, I, I don't know if I ever knew what sorrow was, but this just sort of like abject loss that just drops you to your knees, like sorrow. And um, obviously fear, you know, uh, terror. And again, as humans, adult humans, we have this, uh, the, the mental pathway is really ingrained, but on some level, capacity to feel the sensations in our bodies. We have this aversion to feeling the sensations in our body, all of us to some degree. And so that much emotion, that much energy squirts into the head. And so just all of the thoughts, you know, and I, I saw my daughter getting poked and prodded and I saw her having to endure pain that she couldn't do anything about. And it's cancer, you know, what are you going to do? I saw her, I had to consider 
this might be it. She might die. And uh, I tell my clients that uh, when they're going through hard things, you know, like the, the solution here, life is not messing with you. Life is holding you. There's something, something good, some gift in this somehow, no matter what it is. And so the solution is to meet this with as much presence as you can, accept it. Uh, acceptance, I'm probably too early on that word. Um, meet it with as much presence, receive it with an open heart, uh, especially the sensations of everything that you're going to feel as a result. The thoughts are not so much real, uh, but the sensation of it in your body. Um, and so I committed to doing that. I committed to whatever she had to go through. I commit to feeling it as fully as I can. And uh, even if we have to go all the way, even if she has to die, I commit to being with her the whole way and feeling it all with an open heart. And uh, I, I prayed hard for grace, you know. I let God, the universe, whatever, whatever, uh, know that what I, what my wishes would be, and then I let it go. I trusted, trusted life. Life's not, it's not screwing with me here. There's some gift in this. And this is the way to realize that gift, is to welcome it into your heart, feel it completely, as completely as you can. And so I committed to doing that. And uh, my prayer, our prayer for grace was answered. Um, a Wilms tumor, it's called a Wilms tumor. It is a uh, rare thing that little kids get. And it's not very aggressive at all. They said, you know, if you do treatment, um, she's a 90 to 95% chance of being just fine. And so she did have to get surgery. She got her kidney removed along with the tumor that had subsumed her kidney. You know, so there were some hard things. It wasn't easy. Um, most of the time when, you know, there wasn't anything really, if anything was going to be uncomfortable or otherwise painful, she was sedated. So she didn't have to go through a lot of, you know, poking and prodding or enduring pain she couldn't deal with. Um, and she didn't die, right? So, um, there's something else that we can say about that. Well, anyway, the uh, success story, well, obviously it's a success story for her, but uh, for me, you know, if I had said, I'm not going to, you know, if I had tried not to feel that stuff, the immensity of it, if I had tried not to feel that, it would have destroyed me. It would have destroyed my body, my health, probably my marriage. Um, but I committed to feeling it as best I could, to the extent that I could. And there's something that happens um, when you do that, because the emotion kind of exists on a continuum to the extent that you pinch off from feeling grief and anger and fear and all these other things, uh, it also pinches off your, your capacity to feel joy and love and, and uh, passion. 
and these sort of things. It's you, when, If you pinch off one part of the emotional field, it pinches off the whole emotional field and keeps you from experiencing those, those other things. And things like joy and passion and love, those are like really important in uh, living your life, you know, doing what it is that you came here to do. That's what your soul, your soul uses those things to tell you like, it uses passion, for instance, to say like, come over here, come in this direction, this is the, this is the way to go. And if you don't, if we've pinched off other things, grief and whatnot, it also limits the ability of, for us to feel passion or love or whatever. And, um, you know, you can feel, uh, without direction, you can feel lost in some way. Uh, but to the extent that you give yourself permission and you, you feel grief, a process grief and sadness and anger and all those things and fear through an open heart. You know, your heart can transmute anything. Um, you also, it increases your capacity to feel love and joy and passion and all of those things. And again, passion being important where your soul's purpose is concerned and sort of like increases the bandwidth of energy of of you, you know, that you can express through this body. And most people are uh, limiting themselves, you know, unconsciously. Uh, nonetheless, limiting themselves, limiting the amount of joy and love and that they could express. And that's something that sort of uh, comes, you know, we're we're ha it's handed down to us from humans. From being just in the in the, the collective human, to uh, you know, and there's special parts of that that are handed down to us from our lineage, where we've pinched off from feeling, you know, grief and anger and and fear and and these things. And there's always yeah, so there's always a sort of undercurrent of those things running in the background, and that limits, you know, this full expression of us. But oddly. And paradoxically, the energy that we use to bind up that fear and the anger and all that, uh, if we give ourselves permission to, to feel that, it, it takes the fetters off of that. That energy gets, it gets to influence us. It becomes the energy that sort of drives us then towards our, our evolution, towards giving our gifts. Um, So, yeah, I guess that's my wish for everyone here, for everyone, is that you could feel and experience the, the amount of joy and love and compassion and passion that is available to you, um, especially parents and especially fathers on this Father's Day, Father's Day. And again, the way to do that is to trust life. And the more you do what I'm talking about, the more you will trust life, the more you will see life is not messing with you. Uh, but to give yourself, you know, something, life will bring things up. And we tend to start to think about it. How can I get out of this situation or fix this situation or whatever? But if you can stop and bring your attention to the sensations in your body, every nanosecond that you're allowing yourself to feel anger or feel grief or whatever, um, you are uh, transmuting that. It is transforming you. You are extracting the wisdom out of it. And uh, that's my 
that's my wish for you. So, happy Father's Day. Thank you very much. Thank you, Jay. Thank you for listening to the BioSoul Integration Podcast. This episode originally aired as a video on my BioSoul Integration YouTube channel. You can also find me on the web at BioSoulIntegration.com. Thanks for listening, and I look forward to helping you express more life. Have a great day.